We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, Lucky Lefty Podcast, and Laura Boyce, and our friends of the program are in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do so responsibly. CFB Nation presented by Twisted Tea. Hey, hey, I sound better without Malik harmonizing. <laughs> I think I do. I'm going to have to tell him that. Like, look, just let me do it by myself. Today, special, special. I said something yesterday, and I think it coincides with what our brother Cam McDaniel wants to talk about. <clears throat> There's a mental and a physical aspect to playing football and being a college student. I, I, we get to watch a game on Saturday night. Notre Dame has this is the, what that third primetime game in a row, and they have two more after that, which is, yo, it's Notre Dame football. Spotlight is always on you. They come off an emotional loss to Ohio State, <clears throat> and then they snatch <laughs> victory from the jaws of defeat. In a super emotional game. And I Cam yesterday, I'll say this and then I'll let you go. Notre Dame was dumped by their longtime boyfriend when they lost to Ohio State. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And you know, when you go through that, the people around you try to get you back to yourself. They try to encourage you. So you're down in the dumps. You're depressed. And everybody around you is like, man, just, man, get back out there. You got to get back out there. Just, man, be yourself and <clears throat> everything is going to be okay. <clears throat> and then the first time you go out, you're really not into it. You know, it's like, ah, and that's kind of like what we saw at Duke. That was their next time to get out, get back to the spring of things. And the inefficiency, the penalties from your leaders lining up offsides, it, Every, the effort was just, man, it was like you're out there, but you're not really there. And I feel like with each game, we're going to see Notre Dame get back to the team that they were before that devastating loss to Ohio State. So how do you see it from a mental aspect? Like when we look at them recovering from that Ohio State game, what's the process mentally? Like what's really the challenge? Because to say – Man, 24 hours is over, put it in the past. That's not as easy as most people try to make it out to be. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I think the best place to start on this is is kind of uh, with some conversation that we've had on the past uh, in regards to individual versus collective consciousness when it comes to team sport. And when you come off of a really uh, a really emotional loss, like the one at Ohio State, mm-hmm. um, your whole team feels that and feels the effects of that and yeah. um, from the coaching staff all the way down. And sometimes there's a little bit of hesitancy uh, rediscovering that confidence and, and the rhythm that it takes to bounce back. I will say that some people... Uh, do that very well and are able to effectively get back into that rhythm quickly. I think we can even look at guys like, uh, um, like Colorado this last week stepped up against USC after a beatdown yeah. um, and Oregon, which is a different type of loss uh, right. than an emotional last second loss. And so um, it's rediscovering that, that collective flow, that collective consciousness that allows you to go out there as a team unit and be the team that uh, you think that like everybody on that collective team believes that they are, but then everybody around us, I would say the fans in Notre Dame nation sees this team as a special unit. It sees this team as um, one of the more elite teams that has come about in the last, I would say, you know, 20, 25 years. And I I know that's a bold statement, but these are things that I'm hearing from former players and guys that have played, you know, in big time BCS games and uh, have been to the playoffs and things like that and saying, man, we haven't had a team like this in a long time. And I think we've been able to see really dynamic components of what that offense is able to pull off when they're hitting on all cylinders. Um, 
And there's just, there's a lot of factors, man. I mean, one of the things that I can't go without mentioning is the fact that we had so many physical injuries after that game mm-hmm. against Ohio State. So yeah, take we're gonna take for that. Yeah. yeah, take take the you know the mental stuff of it out. Even just, I mean, I guess it's included, meaning that you've got starters and key starters and people that have been key contributors uh, since the beginning of this season that aren't out there on the field that are key components of this offense, and you're having to rediscover. Um, yeah. new weapons, which we were, yeah. which yeah. especially towards the end of the game there. And um, Audric stepped up and was Audric when Audric needed to be Audric, which is <laughs> like what we can always, I think, rely on Audric to do. Um, and he's kind of been the grounding mat for uh, our offense in so many ways. And then Sam Hartman stepped up and was Sam Hartman and made plays when plays needed to be made and that's what you expect of big time quarterbacks in scenarios like that. So um, as emotional of a roller coaster as it was for all of us watching, um, yeah. I was pleased to see the response in a yeah. really clutch scenario um, and making it all happen um, at the end of that game, the way that we did. Um, I just, yeah, I have a lot of confidence in what we're going to see over these next couple of weeks. <clears throat> I've heard that every team is different. Like every time you change the dynamics of the locker room, that team is different. I was around this team during the spring. I wasn't a true believer during the spring camp. I wasn't. There were a lot of people that were like, yo, they got a chance to really be good. And I was just sitting there like, mm. and, and my consternation was the defensive line. For me, it was like, I need to see the defensive line and linebackers step up. Yeah. And then they started playing games. And I'm like, and I'm talking to people. And I'm I'm like, wait a minute. They're, they're, they're different. They're, they're different. And I start to get more confidence in this team. So when the loss happened to Ohio State, I really was confident. I didn't know how they would respond to the loss, but I was pretty confident that the response would be positive. And like you said, one of the unseen things was the physical toll. Because that was a battle. I don't go watch that Ohio State. That was a physical, they were hitting. That was one of the toughest games both teams are gonna play all year. Might be the yeah. toughest. Because I don't suspect USC is going to be physical. I don't suspect that Clemson, Clemson will probably be physical, more physical than USC, but Clemson's taking a step back, in my opinion, as a program. But I want to get to a lot of people immediately after the Ohio State game was like, man, this reminds me of 2014 Florida State. And you were there. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I can see why you say that, but this is not the same team. And that team kind of went left because of what you talked about. Coming out of the Florida State game, the injuries that came from that game. And then the next week, and everything started building. Man, so. That would have been the worst uh, 
design schedule ever if we would have had Navy after Ohio State. Um, yeah. Just the ultimate meat grinder scenario. Yeah. And that's kind of what we had that year against Florida State that a lot of people don't realize is just, you know, fight, scratching and clawing to go and win that game, which we did. <laughs> uh, and then felt like it was kind of snatched away there at the end. Um, and yeah, going against Navy that next week. And um, those guys just always like the, uh, it's it's really like they're always a physical team and it's always yeah. like a physical game but um they're also because of them especially at that time being so undersized you know they're cutting they're tackling low um and so offensive and defensive linemen are you know compromised with their knees and their ankles yeah. um our linebackers are comp compromised by pulling guards and and, and that's just what happened uh in 2014 but uh yeah I, I don't necessarily sense i don't sense a lot of the same similarities um to that game per se um and with this team <clears throat> i feel like uh the way that i i saw sam hartman you know step up at the end of this last game is mm -hmm. Guys, I, I I would just say that's that's like what you want to see out of a like a game time, like prime time quarterback, like somebody yeah. that can step up in the last two minutes and yeah. respond like that and answer with that sort of tenacity. And um, that's something that, you know, we have missed at Notre Dame, you know, and yeah. we've had we've had glimpses of that with guys that have had their shot and yeah. like little windows of time. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the way I'm seeing it right now. It's amazing because Malik, we talk about this offline a lot, that 2014 season. You just brought it up. That Florida State game, to me, Ev outplayed Jeff James Winston that night. Yeah. Like, Ev was amazing that night. And if he had won that game, with that last touchdown to Corey. The season prop, his confidence probably goes yeah. to the moon. Yeah. Instead of losing that game, and then people focusing on the second half interceptions that he had, the game ending on an interception. It's like, and like you said, having to play Navy and then what, going down 20 points on the road against Arizona State, coming back and almost winning that game, like, but you end up going to the Music City Bowl, winning the bowl game in great fashion. And it builds to 2015, which ended up being one of the most talented teams. And then they end up losing that star quarterback to injury. Yeah. So for me, this team and their leadership, that's what you, Sam Hartman is part of that leadership. And that's one of the things that impressed me the most as I watched them during the spring and some during the fall. I would sit there and I'm like, yo, the leadership was a problem last year. It, it just flat out was. And I think that kind of led to the Marshall loss, the Stanford loss. But Marcus Freeman always found a way to get his team to respond after difficult losses. They responded. Like they went after 
Marshall, they played better against Cal, and then they went on the road and destroyed North Carolina. Yeah. Right? They lose to Stanford at home, and then they have a one-loss Syracuse on the road that everybody was like, oh, man, the Syracuse game might be tough. And then they got Clemson right after that. And they just go out and blow out both of those teams. And it's like, where's this been yeah. all year? But it's building up to what you said, talking to former players that have been around. They're like, yo, this team is good. It's, it's, it's something different about this team. Like, we haven't had a team like this in a long while. How do you get to that point mentally? where Marcus Freeman constantly says it's not about the opponent. We're, we're really just focused on us mm-hmm. and how we can get better. Is that what really pushes you to how, I mean, that moment. What, what's the makeup of that moment? I didn't play camp. Yeah. Notre Dame put out a five-minute video yesterday where they kind of showed the last drive with the coaches talking on the headphone, as you, and you got to hear the interaction between coach, quarterback, players. Fantastic. But, like, being on the field in the midst of that, like, people can say, all right, let's go win this game. Mm-hmm. Everybody says that. I think teams that aren't able to do it say that on the sideline. But mentally, where is where is Notre Dame pulling from? Like, what well are they pulling from mm-hmm. in that moment after they just let a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter go? Mm-hmm. They dominated the game pretty much the entire game, and now they find themselves two minutes, 35 seconds, 95 yards away. Where I mean, Sam Hartman, great leader. This is not Wake Forest, though, Cam. I'm going to keep it a buck. This isn't Wake Forest where no one's going to cover if you lose a game like this. He lost 34-31, a close game to do last year in the same stadium where he lost it at the end of the game. Nobody really talked about that. That wasn't national coverage. Mm-hmm. It wasn't prime time. It kind of just went by the wayside. Yeah. You lose this game. It's going to be a lot said, yeah, Sam totally. Hartman. Like, where to step up? Where was he pulling that from? Because, like, he's the new guy on the block. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, also just before I even get into that, I think we need to, you know, give Duke Duke credit, you know, where the credit's due and what, like, the football team that they've been able to put together this season. Um, I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the ACC. Um, and, um, I mean, now that they're, now that their quarterback's injured, we'll see, you know, yeah. what's going on because I mean, that, that guy's an absolute gamer. Well, um, he's supposed to be out two weeks and I don't know if it's a high ankle sprain, but it looked pretty severe because how across like landed on it pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they, and luckily they have bye week. Yeah. They have a bye week and then yeah. they face North Carolina state. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I think that they got a good shot then to finish, um, depending on how the quarterback comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, that'll that'll determine how they finish out in the ACC this year. But I think they got a really good football team. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I look forward to watching them finish out their season. As far as just your question and um, and asking where does that um, where's your mentality at at the end of a football game like that where you're blowing a 13 point lead and you're trying to turn things around, mm-hmm. um, you know, to me that's just those are the moments where competitors step up and 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 they uh, they look to go finish when they have the opportunity to. And, Mm -hmm. and that's what you want to see out of, um, out of your big time players, like in those scenarios. And I think that all of them really, like, we got to see all of them step up to the plate in big ways. We got to see, um, Evans come up with a huge, a huge play. We got to see Hartman, like with the scramble to get the first down, we got to see Estime with the run, like to finish it off. And, and, and they all each contributed in a really unique way to just stepping up in the moment, being present and showing up in full spectrum. Right. And that's, that's what you want out of your guys in those moments you want. And, and that's why you come to Notre Dame. So at the end of the day, like it, it's a, it's, um, it's a heart check and just the confidence of allowing yourself to realize like, it's not a, you don't like as a player, you, you never want to be in this standpoint of like thinking about all the things that like, you know, you and me are talking about now. We don't want to, for Sam Hartman, this is just another day playing football. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter if he's at Wake Forest. He doesn't matter if he's at Notre Dame. He doesn't need to be thinking about all that stuff while he's out on the field. He needs to be thinking about being present for the moment because that's all he can do right then and there. Mm-hmm. And so it's eliminating all of that noise to come out because all that noise only keeps you, you know, with this fear of, Oh my gosh, we can't F this up. Like, yeah. and that fear is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. And so that's why fearless players are the most dynamic players in football guys that can manage their fears and manage their anxieties and mer- manage their worries on the field um, at an elite level are the guys that you put, you see playing on Sunday with the creativity and tenacity um, that allow them to have a career. And, um, and man, it takes work to be able to keep that because we all go through our stuff um, as athletes. All, we all go through our moments as athletes where we face um, significant adversity, whether it's on or off the field. Yeah. And that confidence gets rattled and um and especially like with injuries and things like that you got to really you got to really dig deep to just allow your nervous system to relax enough to say hey we got this because yeah. for example you got a you got a really intense ankle injury like Malik had some people never come back and they never are able to play the same way ever again right right and because their nervous system doesn't have full confidence in that ankle and even though they may be like going through all the stuff in the head, their heads and thinking like their head and thinking all the right thoughts. We forget that like our nervous system is a sensory intake mechanism more than it is an output mechanism. We're intaking 80, 80% of our nerves are designed to intake in this world from our body to our head. And 20% of our nerves actually go down and allow us to communicate and do everything that we do. So we're intaking way more than we're actually outputting from a sensory nervous, like uh, a sensory, like, yeah, 
a sensory nervous kind of like perspective, like, um, and that's why I feel like it always has so much to do with your energetics and how you can manage your energetics. Yeah. And we're seeing players get better and better at this because they're, there's actually applications out, out there now that are training guys on how to do this. We're moving past the days of like, you know, just bigger, faster, stronger, yeah. uh, and getting into the times of neurological athletes and training your nervous system and, and, um, even training your nervous system for, for power. Um, like we've talked about force production for so long in athletics, and now you're seeing these really light, you know, uh, skill players and these guys that are, um, they don't weigh as much necessarily, but they're able to come out and they're able to pack, <laughs> pack a punch. They're pack able pump, to be extremely yeah. physical. They're running backs that are 185, you know, pounds that are running through tackles and like, can't be taken down. They're skill guys that, uh, are super fast and su super switch or twitchy and have the ability to creatively solve problems more effectively than the next guy. Um, as they're given these roles where they're able to, you know, do things that we've seen in football, you know, like we had yeah. the pioneers like Wes Welker and we had pioneers like, um, uh, I could just, I'm trying to think of like all the, like all the guys and my, um, what's the, what's the, uh, the dude's name that was, um, the running back from, he was a big piece in this North Carolina. Uh, was it coast? No, it wasn't coastal Carolina. He played for the Titans um, last name Williams. Um, and he was just absolutely dynamic, super. Like he was a, uh, one of those guys that was really like fast, but a light dude that everybody was like, I don't know if this guy's going to be able to make that transition into the league. And I he just, uh, Chris Williams. Chris Henry, not Chris Henry. Um, I know you're talking about. You know who I'm talking ran, about, he, right? He ran for Chris Johnson. He ran for 2,000 yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris Johnson. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. I don't know why I'm thinking Chris Williams. Okay. Uh, yeah, Chris Johnson was another one of those guys, I would say, that, you know, was a pioneer as a neurological athlete. You know, a yeah. guy that and, – and we're just seeing more of this in the league now. We're seeing more of this in college football now. I mean, you look at – Texas's wideouts right now, and you see some of the the stuff that these guys are doing. Um, these athletes are built different right now. Quinn Ewers went from two twenty down to one ninety eight as a yeah. quarterback. Yeah, that's unheard of. But he's like, yo, I feel so much better. That's right. And he talked about how it helped him mentally. Yeah, just feeling better. And I was like, wow, like, yeah, we actually different. we worked with Chris. Uh, um, last year or i mean i'm sorry we worked with quinn last year i'm getting my names really mixed mixed up today so forgive me for that guys I've been running around with kiddos um but uh we worked with quinn last year and we were telling him we were like bro like if you want to come back and you want to be like as dynamic of an athlete as you say you want to be and do all the things that you say you want to do like there's some things that that need to be done yeah. uh just with you prioritizing your health and and your awareness like of your own body through this process because you've got the we just told them you've got the physiological gifts like they're all there um i've watched him play at south lake he was an alumni 
um, at the same high school my little brother went to, came mm-hmm. in right after him and started dominating and, um, and was able to connect with him a little bit in his transition from Ohio State back to Texas. And, uh, and yeah, watched some of that transformation taking place. And so it's been awesome to see him come out this year and be able to have the season, you know, that he's been able to have so far. It's funny because as soon as you gave Duke credit, everybody in the chat started going crazy because Malik and I, we just weren't impressed. And the reason the reason we weren't impressed is because we felt like people over-exaggerated Duke going into the game. So we're sitting there and we're like, okay, this Duke offense is supposed to be like so dangerous. Yeah. It's three minutes left in the third quarter. They haven't scored. Yeah. Right? Notre Dame was up 10 at half, and they left minimum 13 points on the field just off of penalties and their mistakes. So Malik and I are sitting there like, okay, you built this team up. Right, everybody built this team up in Notre Dame, which obviously is they're not themselves tonight. If Notre Dame were themselves, Notre Dame would be like killing this team right well, now. Well, just uh, the one thing that I I think we have to also take into consideration is what our defense has been able to accomplish this year. Um, even against Ohio State, like I I was not projecting that to be as low scoring of a game as it was. I was thinking it was going to be on the other end of the spectrum. I thought we were going to see, you know, like uh, potentially 30, 40 point game on both sides. And it ends up being a classic Big Ten shootout type of vibe. And um, so our defense has, has been making some huge plays. I mean, we think about Absolutely. some of the we, we think about some of the key uh, scenarios in the game where we had the dropped interception to seal the deal and like all this right. stuff. But like overall. Uh, when it was time to step up and uh, when plays needed to be happen, you know, the defense has been consistently doing that. So I think that Duke does have a good football team. I just think that we have a really great defensive squad and you need that in order to be a championship caliber program. Like, I mean, we talk about offense a lot on this, on this podcast. And every time I've been on this podcast with you guys, because we're all offensive guys and offensive minded. Um, But man, like we got a gritty defense this year. We got some guys that like have really stepped up. So, um, so yeah, like, I think, I think we can, we can split hairs on it and we can uh, share like the dual perspectives, but we we weren't being disrespectful. Yeah. 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 Was a good coach. He was a good coach when he was at Notre Dame. Yeah, he went to Texas A&M. He was a good coach. Like he's been a good coach. We understand that, but it was just like for me. I'm like, there's a reason Notre Dame has a 30 game winning streak in the regular season against ACC teams. Like, Mm -hmm. look, the only the only reason if this game was the week before Ohio State, that game is totally different. Because you're talking about a Notre Dame team that's in a totally different mindset, a totally different confidence, and even Duke being that good, they just don't have the horses. That's the one thing I saw. Yeah. 
They just don't have the horses. It's you can be well coached, disciplined, right? Um, great defense. They, I think, in the last two years, Cam, it was something ridiculous. Like they had fumbled the ball five times and only lost one as yeah. a team. Yeah. Xavier Watts picks Riley Leonard off. That's that's not something they were used to. And they losing up. It was like they were facing, even though they were good and they were disciplined. That was a that was a totally different stage. Yeah. And I think that's what you saw early on from Duke. Like, okay, this this is Notre Dame prime time. We're used to playing ACC teams and competing, but I'm sorry, man. This, this and it took a while for them to get used to it before they kind of said, okay, let's go. And they were lucky to still be in the game. That yeah. was the blessing. They were lucky to still be in the game. But it was evident to me, right? They got out coached. Let's go. Al Golden had Riley Leonard confused, just flat out confused. Yeah. Like, is it a cover? Is it cover two, <laughs> two man under? Is it three? What? what? He totally. was confused. And it goes back to the defensive effort you talked about. Like, they still were missing tackles in the backfield. If I see another linebacker come free in the backfield and miss a tackle, I, man, Cam, it, it just it's become so frustrating. It's like because Al Golden is is dialing up great stuff. Yeah, he's dialing up some great stuff. Sometimes it's just not executed. But to go back to what you said, I agree. Like Duke's a, they're a good team. Malik and I just felt like, yo. Relax. Notre Dame's going to win this game. If they play their game, they should win by double digits. I don't think Notre Dame played anywhere near their game. Yeah. And heck, they had to go win it at the end. That's that's the way yeah. it goes. And yeah. you know how it is, Cam. Those emotional primetime games, like, I mean, look at Texas, like, following up with Wyoming and not being able to turn it on until the fourth quarter. Like, it just happens with these teams, man. After Alabama, right? Yeah. And and Wyoming is no Duke. So, like, you know, uh, like, they're they're a decent – they're they're a good football program, but, like, where, where Duke is at right now, I would say. So, yeah, man, like, the, I think it all just boils down to – uh, this is college football at the end of the day, like whether you have the depth, whether you have whatever, like there's so many different factors involved and, you know, the game before the week before, uh, you know, just like, man, I, I, I'm just, I look back to like our national championship season and I think about the close games that we had to teams that everybody thinks like thought that we should have blew, blew out. And, you know, <laughs> the last game of the regular season before their last home game of the regular season against Pitt, just having to kick a game winning field or having to, them to miss a game winning field goal for us to even, you know, still be on that road to South Beach. Yeah. Like, um, so this just happens. You're in and you're out in sports. There's always uh, it's college football is. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. 
It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Undulation, man. That's why I'm not a betting man, Cam. That's exactly right. That's why I tell people all the time, they're like, oh, man, you want to bet? No, I don't. Hey, I might <laughs> feel this is the way the game should go. But hey, when you're dealing with people and individuals on any given day, I don't know no. how it's going to go. I have no clue. Heck, I thought yeah. USC was going to treat Colorado like Oregon did halfway through the game. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, snap. All right. Colorado yeah. Colorado does have a heart. They, That's right. You know, they can respond. Yeah. And uh, I, I, the, Duke, the Duke team has a lot of heart. I, w- I would definitely say that. They're tough-minded. They have a lot of heart because it was multiple moments in that game where they could have just been, like, frustrated, like, you know what, and just allow Notre Dame to kind of just take over and extend the lead. And they just kept playing hard and eventually ended up having a chance to win. But, you know, I love seeing, like, all the Duke basketball players, Paulo Bancaro and all the former players, like, jumping up and down on that fourth and sixth team and just watching Sam Hartman just rip their hearts out. <laughs> it, was, it was it was absolutely fantastic just to watch that. And as a Notre Dame fan, I've seen some comebacks and last-minute drives. That that one right there might be top five all time. It, it really might be top five all time. And yeah. I've seen some doozies. I saw Lou Holtz against Texas on a fourth and goal from the 11 run an option play to Audrey Denson. I'm like, what in the world are we running? We're running option? <laughs> And they scored to win the game. It was like the craziest call ever, the craziest comeback. But that, man, that's just Notre Dame. But now, Notre Dame fans, we're about to get to the crust of a conversation that I think is very important. Um, This program, because you were gone before Matt Bayless came in 16, right, Cam? Yeah, yeah. So Matt Bayless came, and for most parts, he kind of – allowed this program to turn the corner in strength and conditioning. And even though they turned the corner, Notre Dame was still kind of viewed, especially in comparison to like SEC teams, still kind of viewed as, okay, it's still kind of a smaller team Mm -hmm. in comparison to Georgia, Alabama. And Matt Bayless, for the most part, was really celebrated by the fan base for the job he did. Uh, A lot of mystery around his departure, why he left. It was for personal reasons, according to the release. 
But Marcus Freeman did say part of the reason that he had discussed with Matt that he wanted to make some changes in the strength and conditioning program. I wanted to start and lean on some metrics and different analytics, I guess, some new technology that had come on the scene. And we're talking about all of these physical injuries, the pull hamstrings and some of the other injuries that um, we finally get Jadarian Price back from the Achilles. And I want, because a, a lot of Notre Dame fans, Cam, are like, man, why is he getting more carries? And I'm like, I really think they're trying to ease him back in coming off that Achilles because that's a pretty serious injury. But what is the in a text thread you hit us up this weekend and you show concern about the injuries and maybe the strength and conditioning program and the new guy coming in and the changes that are happening. Like give us like a few bullet points on what's really what you're seeing and how you're feeling about what you're seeing physically uh, with the strength and conditioning and injuries with the program. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say, first of all, I have no clue about like who's coming in right now and who they got to replace Bayless. And I I have no clue on that end. Um, I just have an awareness of that realm. Like I've, I've grown up even I mean, my earliest memories are in the field house of Texas high school mm-hmm. football. And I watched my dad build the first field house for Prosper High School, um, you know, just north of Dallas, Fort Worth. That's, you know, now if you look at their facilities and stuff like that, it's just, wow. I mean, it's about as nice as Notre Dame. It's like, it's, it's no, crazy. Cam, that's history to me. I didn't know that Prosper. Yeah. Notre Dame has been connected to Prosper going back to the kids. Lou Holtz used to get out of Texas. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, uh, I've always been really fascinated with how to maximize recovery timelines. That's always just been something that I've been, I've kind of nerded out on it. I mean, it helped me so much through my career. I had so many games that I could have missed out on if I would have gone traditional, like the traditional medical route that the athletic training room is, is telling me that I need to do. And I just, I was always looking for second and third opinions because I'm like, okay, if you can't get this done in time, then somebody else can. And I'm going to go figure out who can. And, you know, throughout my career of like being able to do that, I've come across, I've come across some just crazy applications that collapse healing timelines. And Mm -hmm. I've helped, I've helped even, you know, get those um, applications into some college football programs now. And um, so we've got, Guys like the University of Texas using applications that I'm helping athletes with on a consistent basis. We've got guys at Ohio State that are like their program using applications that um, that we've been using with our athletes to collapse healing timelines. So when it comes to like, for example, a hamstring, um, a torn hamstring uh, or even just a, a pulled or, or minor sprain, um, like... T- typically we're looking at four to six week timelines, just traditional, like the traditional recovery route. And now we have, we have so much at our expense that we should be able to get athletes back, like pulled and torn hamstrings are a one to two week timeline in my book. Now one to two weeks, these ankle injuries, uh, depending on the severity of them, um, 
they are also something that like we can tremendously we can tremendously expedite the healing process with the right sorts of technology and this stuff isn't it's not hard to find it's yeah. like i said there's already college there's several colleges besides even the ones that i've helped get set up like that are using this stuff um but i know that there are a lot of colleges that still aren't and yeah. and when i see you know these guys getting injured and staying out you know for the timelines that they do it just it it makes me scratch my head sometimes because i'm like who the heck is this guy like working with you know to where they're projecting you know this sort of timeline or, or why is this guy still out like four weeks later after like yeah. this scenario because we have like the stuff now to really get these guys back and um in an expedited way and so I just feel like uh, that really more than anything else, I don't know about personnel or anything like that. Um, I think that By there the are way, some- Fred, Fred Hill was the individual that was elevated from okay. the staff. He worked under Matt Bayless. Okay. He was elevated and nice. he, he, took, he took Matt Bayless's place. So they did nice. hire from within. And he, yeah. I think he was the guy that was really over the new technology on the staff. Cool. And so it was simple that, you know, since that's the direction Marcus was trying to go, that they simply elevated him. Yeah, I'd be interested to know like what they got. And I'm I'll probably have the ability to see it. I'm I'm looking to go up there during USC week. So I'll uh I'll hit those guys up and see, you know, what's going on in there and what they got what they got new. I like to geek yeah. out on that stuff. So um and I've been been able to I've been trying to kind of bridge the gap with I, I live for those of you that don't know I, I live in Fort Worth so I'm right next to TCU and coach Kaz Kazidi is one of my friends over there the strength coach at TCU and he's dude that guy is the man like he is so cool um and so innovative and looking to bring a lot of the like really looking to bring a sports science perspective into TCU, which I think is another really cool thing that like I at some point would love to see Notre Dame like adopt is like, can we get that like sports science, you know, uh, um, therapeutic fitness kind of branch at Notre Dame, even from an educational standpoint to our student base to be able to serve like our world-class uh, athletic programs all across the board. And I think that we could totally, um, that we could totally set something up like that. That's a, another conversation for a donor willing to like help make that happen. And, uh, if any of you guys in LL nation know people that want to do that, I will help coordinate for sure. <laughs> so hey, that's all good. Uh, and you know what it reminds me of what you're talking about? I don't know if you're big into baseball. I'm super excited. The playoffs start today, by the way. But the Milwaukee Brewers, right? You know, they don't sell out. They don't really generate a lot of revenue. They're a small town. But they know in order for them to win, they have to have great pitching and great defense. Yeah. So they literally built a pitching lab based upon advanced technology because they knew that's the only thing that's going to allow them to compete 
in yeah. the market. So they have this pitching lab. They don't allow any other team to see the technology that they're using. It's great. Like Google it. It's a fabulous story, man. And they literally every year for the past, I think, seven seasons, I think they've won their division like four, five seasons in a row. Minimum payroll, minimum stars, everyday stars. Yeah. But the, the pitching and this technology, they stay healthy. They increase speed. They, they increase velocity with their young pitchers. And they use it throughout their minor league system. And it is the talk of baseball, but no one in baseball knows what the heck it is. The yeah. technology. So we're, I'm all for bringing that type of stuff yeah. into it, we're, it, we're in it, we're in the we're in those days like where we're, yeah. we're coming up with new metrics like yeah. that's what it is like um and i feel like <laughs> i feel like there will be um a lot of new metrics for us to be able to access uh in the athletic community that are outside of just traditional the concept of when we were using Newtonian physics as the foundation for everything that we were doing in athletics. And now we're switching to this kind of concept of, oh my gosh, like quantum physics has a lot to say um, mm -hmm. about what is possible actually in Newtonian physics and the things that we felt like were so um, absolute and the laws yeah. of Newtonian, Newtonian physics are being broken by quantum physics and understanding that energetics are everything that's why we're talking about like everything that we talked about at the beginning of all of this was you know mindset mentality all of that you know yeah. we're talking about are these bodies right here as quantum computers like that, that's what we are like at the end of the day if a quantum computer is a computer system that runs off atoms i don't know how you couldn't you know call us quantum computers because that's exactly what we are we're biological yeah. entities that have encoded dna for generations upon generations upon generations of information that we're passing down from generation to generation. And that's all encoded in us and we run off light. And so it's pretty crazy. The more we figure out, you know, the miracle that we are as human beings, what mm -hmm. we're capable of. And I think that's why we're seeing these massive progressions in sport right now and yeah. seeing just, yeah, a lot of like really cool stuff. But on the technological side of things, there's definitely like people are going to they're going to have advantages by being up to speed on that and being up to date. I mean, if you can get hamstrings back in a week's time instead of four to six weeks, that's going to tremendously help your program when, a, when somebody that is a, a key starter goes down and you're able to get them back for the next week's play where the other school isn't able to get them back for three or four or five weeks. Like, yeah. and, you know, these things are going to make a tremendous difference as we continue to understand the landscape more and more. Cause right now it's kind of like that secret underground type of thing with a lot of these, like some of these technologies, I would say, but on, on social media now, like there's nothing, you can't keep anything secret. Like, so people are getting access to the information, um, left and right and it's becoming mainstream so quickly that you know people start to ask the question hey like i saw that like this person was able to like, watch aaron Rodgers. i think aaron Rodgers will probably come back this season based off of 
what I've heard, some of the stuff that now he's using. The fact that he put it out there, I was like, okay, what does he know? Yeah. That, that we don't know. Because I'm like an Achilles. That's like a year and a half. Like, yeah. On top. He's using some of the applications that like we've used with our athletes and the stuff that we were using with Quinn. And it's uh, like, as far as I know, I don't know for sure. I'm, this yeah. is like a, that's a third party scenario that I don't want to like make that claim and him not be using it from, but from what I understand, he's using this technology. And from what I saw the other night when he came out on the field, the way that he did post-op, um, yeah. you know, I, I've seen that before and that comes when guys are using these applications that allow their nervous systems to recover because ner the nervous system is the most foundational piece to the recovery. Like it's what predetermines and governs everything that happens physiologically in our body. And we think about treating tissue from a physical perspective often, um, especially in Western medicine. And now this more, I don't even want to call it like alternative medicine. It's not, it's just a more like global perspective. And, uh, uh, I would say the new modern almost is using intelligent forms of frequency, energy, and vibration to communicate with the nervous system to do what the body's designed to do and to help the body heal the way that it's naturally designed to designed to heal, but doing it in a way to where you create the conditions where that healing can happen. That way that timeline can be collapsed because there's ways that you can take. Yeah. Anyway, I could nerd out about this for a while. But hey, I'm no right there with you. I'm, I'm sitting here soaking it up. I'll when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.